What's happening, everybody? It's another episode of the Cycle Shack Podcast. I'm your host, Ivan Rodriguez, all the way from Animal House Studios in the Hudson Valley. Check this out. Before I begin with nothing, a quick word from Anchor.fm. Hey, you ever thought about starting a podcast? It's the easiest way. I'm going to tell you how. The easiest way to start a podcast ever is signing up now because it's 100% free to Anchor.fm. Record or upload high-quality audio, host unlimited episodes, and distribute everywhere with just one click. Whether you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, you heard me, a beginner. What kind of an accent is that? Whether you're a beginner, whether you're a beginner or a seasoned pro, there's never been a better way to podcast. So check it out. Anchor.fm, available on Apple Store, on the Apple App Store, iTunes, Google Play. You know, you know where to find it. Wherever you download your thingamajigs for your phone, that's where you find Anchor.fm. Go to Anchor.fm on the webpage if you want and download and podcast away. So what's happening, guys? It's Monday, October 22nd, 9.09 p.m. I'm here. I got no material. I got maybe one article. I'm trying to wing it on this podcast. I'm having a block again. By the way, if you if you hear my audio a little bit different, I switched microphones. This is uh, my studio is a bit noisy now because I got a, a heater going. I got fans blowing, so I couldn't use my normal microphone that I would use in like the summer months. This one kind of dumbs the noise, the background noise down a little bit. So I kind of figured that maybe I can give somebody a surprise call, but I got to find out if they're available to talk first. I won't shout them out just yet. (laughs) All right. So before I put them on blast, I, uh, like I said, I got no material. I'm on a block. I'm on a writer's block. I normally just click on links to talk about for the podcast. And again, this is where the and more of motorcycles and more is going to have to take place. I'm sure you guys understand. Okay, he read it. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> What's his answer going to be? I'm actually texting a, texting a buddy of mine, see if he wants to come on the air. I've been begging him for at a friend's house. <laughs> All right, I take it he doesn't want to come over. Uh, uh, come over. I take it he doesn't want to go on the air. I'm typing. <laughs> oh man, I'm putting I taking a phone call would be I take it a phone call would be rude. <laughs> well, so much for that. He's typing back. This is a buddy of mine that I've been trying to get on for for the longest on the air. He built a chopper years ago, back in like the late 70s. <laughs> All right, I'm going to shout him out. His name is Kevin Davidson. He's a buddy of mine from Long Island. He's an electrician. <laughs> he said, not now. All right, no problem. 
All right. Uh, so much for that. Well, I thought I'd be able to just surprise him. I was hoping I would catch him at home. Um, that's not happening. Let's go through my phone book and see who I got here. Let's go through the contact list. Hmm. I don't know. You know what? I'm going to take a pause for the cause here. Let's see what we do. Well, no Kevin Davidson today. So, I got one quick little article here that I did uh, copy and paste onto a notepad here. If I may get my notes ready. It's from baggersmag.com. You can check it out. It's by John Langston. It was written September 28th. The article's title is, There a Better Bagger Than a Harley-Davidson Street Glide? Harley-Davidson's Street Glide is great, but it's not the only game in town. Check out these other options. <laughs> well, it really is. The, the bagger scene is up and it's not up and coming. It's been up there for a while and it's still gaining momentum. It still has momentum. It never lost it. It's never lost its steam, but there's a lot of... Uh, a lot of younger guys who were getting into the baggers, especially the street glide looking baggers. And um you got here a few baggers that can be used in place of a street glide if your budget doesn't allow it. So check it out, and I'm reading from baggersmag.com by John Langston, the author. And it is, for years now, the number one selling motorcycle in the United States has been a bagger. Harley-Davidson's Street Glide is a powerful 1750cc twin cruiser with a sleek batwing-style fairing that protects its riders from the elements. Roomy hard-shell saddlebags provide plenty of luggage space thanks to its comfort, performance, passenger accommodations, and great comfort like a windscreen stereo and GPS. It's a great bike for most for almost any purpose, whether you're cruising the boardwalk, tooling around the mountains, or eating up interstate miles. Still standing out from the crowd is it's a uh, you heard that? Still standing out from the crowd is a big part of the reason we ride in the first place. So if you're after a bagger style and comfort and aren't beholden to the Church of Harley, there are a lot of baggers out there that are fully capable. One of these might be for you. Number one, Kawasaki's Vulcan 1700 Vaquero. Vaquero in Spanish, Spanish for cowboy. It's a powerful, great bargain, full-size bagger. Good-looking V-Twin offers most of the same creature comforts as the Street Glide. Fairing, lockable, hard saddlebags, a more powerful engine. I don't, I don't, I don't know about that. This is a 1700. The Harley's a 1750. Not that 50cc is going to make a difference, but... I wouldn't say more powerful. It's about 
it, it about matches up. Maybe this bike's a little lot, a lighter. But anyway, doesn't matter. However, boast on infotainment system, there's no full-color touchscreen, no GPS, and no wireless Bluetooth connectivity. And bear in mind, Cowie hasn't announced its 2019 models yet, so we're not certain that the Vaquero will even be part of the lineup going forward, or if the forthcoming model will get upgrades. Still, the 2018 rolls off the showroom floor at about 17000 brand new. And if you can do without all the high-tech toys, it's a pretty sweet deal on a powerful full-size bagger. Number two, the Yamaha V-Star 1300 Deluxe. Pretty good-looking bike. Offers most of the same features in the... <laughs> Offers most of the same features <laughs> in the V-Twin that provide plenty of power. But thanks to its small engine... Weighs around 100 pounds less than the Street Glide or Vaquero. Despite the middleweight engine and lighter curb weight, the 1300 Deluxe carries about the same overall size dimensions as a Street Glide. So this shouldn't be confused for an entry-level bagger. Indeed, it's got floorboards, a stereo, roomy saddlebags, and a cush passenger seat. We tested this bike when it first came out, we meaning baggersmag.com. We had our quibbles. Mainly no cruise control or ABS. We found it was a nice divergence from the typical bagger. The power was sufficient and the storage and wind protection were great. The seat was comfortable. That and 100 pounds makes a big difference, especially towards the end of a long day's ride. Not for nothing, this is a pretty nice looking bike. Um, it, it looks a little bit like the Victory with some smaller saddlebags. Yamaha's always produced a great bike. I had a V-Star 650. This is the V-Star 1300 Deluxe. And um, it's, it's not a bad-looking bike at all, so check it out. Despite its spot on the Star website, through Yamaha hasn't put the new 1300 Deluxe since 2017. So we bet if you find this bagger at your local Yamaha dealer, he'd probably be up to negotiation. Right now, this bike at the, at the, at the time, 2017, was offered at 14299 So not a bad deal. Not a bad deal for a 1300cc bagger. And again, Yamaha always gave great performance. I can attest to that because I had one. Number three, the Victory Cross Country and Magnum. Speaking of reasonable price points, don't sleep on the baggers from Victory Motorcycles. Sure, Polaris made enemies of a huge swath of motorcyclists when it pulled the plug on its upstart American V-Twin brand, but there's no denying that its cross-country and big-wheel Magnum baggers were fantastic machines with great handling, strong motors, and a comfortable ride. Polaris committing to servicing, selling parts, and honoring warranties on the Victory bikes Throughout 2027, it's worth the trouble to purchase a used one. Well, we can't answer that for you, but no doubt there are some great bagger values still sitting in dealership. You heard that dealership all over America. So who knows if you can find a used victory or even a brand new one in a dealership somewhere, buy it. Why not? Why not? 
They're going to be producing parts and honoring warranties through 2027. Then you'll get a great deal for sure. The 2019 Indian Chieftain. <laughs> Indian's version of the Harley Davidson, because that's what I call this. If you look at it, it has all the styling and all the makeup of a Harley Davidson. Okay, that's what this looks like. But now, here we go. Now, if money's not a consideration, lucky you. There are a few baggers around whose price point competes with the street glides. The newly redesigned 2019 Indian Chieftain Harley-Davidson. No, Indian Chieftain shuns the company's signature neo-retro styling for a sleeker, more modern con countenance. <laughs> no way. What happened here? Okay. Lost my screen for a second. It offers the requisite bagger amenities, including an in-dash touchscreen infotainment system, but raises the stakes with a stylish 19-inch front wheel, a 100-watt audio system, other features new to the 2019 Chieftain are three selectable ride modes and rear cylinder deactivation, a.k.a. parade mode, which in the rear cylinder shuts down to keep its rider cooler while sitting in traffic. That's not new technology, guys. Harley's been doing that for a little bit. But the price point on this 2019 Chieftain is a mere $21,999 clams. That's just about what a street glide costs. So why not just go for the real thing? Anyway, moving forward. The Moto Guzzi MGX21. It's got a weird-looking engine, but it's definitely a cool-looking bike. Still a weird-looking engine. It debuted in Sturgis back in 2017. The author of this article loves everything about it. Nothing is impeccable. Nothing beats its impeccable balance. Uh, you can lean deeper on turns, rev higher, it weighs less. And it's one of the better-looking dressers on the market. I'm not sure about that. The price point for this bike, again, is the Moto Guzzi MGX21. Is twenty one thousand nine hundred ninety bucks, still about the same price as a Harley. We got the gold Honda Goldwing. What do we say here? Moto Guzzi is not the only one company redefining what a bagger can be. Consider the new Honda Goldwing. Honda completely redesigned its indomitable touring behemoth for 2018 by ditching the top case trimming nearly a foot off its girth and shaving a hundred pounds from its weight let me see here the Goldwing Tour retains the top case if you're interested now of anyone who's ever had the pleasure of Gunning the wing's powerful 1833cc liquid-cooled flat-six engine has only imagined how the marvelous mill could perform in a lighter, skinnier, less ponderous motorcycle that Honda has delivered. For 23800 the price of a Harley, you can have a bagger unlike most others. Okay. Moving on. BMW. BMW. 
And that's all we got. You know what? None of these bikes to me come close to the feel of a Harley Davidson in comparison. Yes, I'm a Harley Davidson fan. What I can tell you is the 2019 Chieftain, the Victory Cross Country or Magnum, or the Yamaha V-Star Deluxe would be my choice. The Vulcan Vaquero, while it does look like a great bike for me, I'm 5'10 and a half. The cockpit was a bit small and tight. Uh, I feel more comfortable on the Harley. I just couldn't quite get used to this bike. Now, I didn't have a Vaquero, but I did have the Vulcan 1700 Nomad, which is a close version of it, minus the fairing. But even so, I still had legroom troubles, and I had trouble steering the bike a little bit. It was just a little bit difficult, and I couldn't get used to it, so... Any one of those three bikes would be the best bike that would be comparable to the Harley-Davidson Street Glide. And that's all I got for articles, man. Really. I figured I would just not even do this and wing it on the show. I figured I could call somebody. I got somebody I think I can call, but it's late. I should have did this show a bit earlier. That's all right. A lot of stuff going on in the news, man. You got all those migrants coming up from the south. Oh, I went from motorcycles to the news. You know, I don't like watching the news too much because I just hate politics. I hate politics. I've, I've grown to hate the news because no news is good news for sure. Definitely. You, you know, you, you hear a bunch of stuff going on. You know, I like getting dressed in the morning, sitting in front of the living room with a cup of coffee, getting dressed, looking at the TV. But I'd rather put it on a movie channel like HBO or Showtime, Cinemax, or whatever the case may be, or even the cooking network. But to watch the news in the morning, I, I, I'd rather watch traffic and weather and keep it moving because the news is just so crazy nowadays. And I'm still close enough to New York City that I get all the New York City news. So I hear about all the crap that's going on down in the city, and it's just it's just painful to listen to, for real. And... um. But I did, and I was at the office today, and uh, I got a flat-screen TV that's always broadcasting the news because we like listening to the weather in the office. So we, uh, we're we always broadcasting traffic and weather and uh, flopping the channels to CNN here and there. So, you know, I heard about it on Friday about apparently these, I guess, from down from Guatemala, the migrant workers, that, uh, migrant workers, excuse me, not workers, but... um. I don't know what the heck's going on, but my computer keeps flashing me. It shuts down and comes back up. But anyway, you know, I heard about it on Friday. And when I saw the footage, I was amazed because I saw the footage today. And it was thousands and thousands of migrants that made their way from Guatemala. Now, if you look at a map, Puerto Rico, uh, Puerto Rico Mexico, right off California, is shaped in a curve. And it's a pretty big country. Now, these guys were coming from Guatemala. And they're not coming up that curve because they'll hit all that desert. They're coming straight up. It looks like they're heading towards, like, Texas or New Mexico. Well, we can only hope the powers that be make the right decision in dealing with this situation because it could get ugly. That That's what I don't want. You know, hopefully there's a peaceful resolution. I think these people are coming up because they're hungry. And forgive me for not knowing the whole story. Again, I, I hate watching the news because no news is good news. Um, again, I, 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 I just, look what the heck's going on with my computer. Keeps flashing on me here. 
Anyway. We're going to get out of it. this. How about that lottery, too, man? Billion dollars. What could you do with a billion dollars? I don't know if anybody won. I didn't even check. I tell you, I don't watch the news. Did I tell you I don't watch the news? Yeah, I don't watch the news. Well, you know what? It's the 22nd already of October, and the weather is definitely cold. It sucks. I got two more potential rides. I got a bike night on Wednesday, which is Hudson Valley Harley-Davidson. It's their last bike night. And uh, I don't think I'm going to make it because they're calling for, uh, let me see, uh, what do we got? Let's look at the weather. I mean, tonight it's freezing. It's 39 right now where I'm at. The daily forecast. All right, so Wednesday the 24th is their final bike night. Now, while it's going to be 50 degrees that day, the problem is is that the low is going to be 34. Now, if it starts at 6, ends at 9, by the time I get out of work, jump on my bike and head down there, you're talking it's going to be already maybe 45 degrees out. On a motorcycle, it feels like 30 degrees. So then get over there and hang out till 8, 9 8.30, it's going to be about 30 degrees, man. So that means I'm going to be riding back in frigid 30-degree weather. I don't mind. I just don't feel like doing it. It takes a toll on your body to then go come home, rest up, and go to work the next day. I don't know. I'm not feeling that. Then I got a full foliage ride that uh, Pocono Harley-Davidson is throwing. And I was thinking, man, uh, maybe I should just go out and try to take the bike out for a cruise. But they're calling for rain all weekend long. The high is only going to be 44 degrees. It's going to feel like 34, 30 degrees, maybe less on the bike. Then with the rain, it's probably going to feel like 20. I'm going to be freezing, man. No thanks. So you know what? I think it's safe to say that this season's pretty much ended, dead and done. So I hope you guys got a lot of riding out there going. And, uh, yeah, definitely. I. Uh, it sucks. That cabin fever is going to start. That cabin fever set in already. My last ride was uh, not this past weekend, the weekend before. This past weekend, I stood home doing chores, cleaning up the yard for nothing because we got a windstorm. You know, I blew my leaves in the yard at least to uh, catch up, cleaned up the bike area. Look at this. Anyway, cleaned up the bike area. What happened? The following day, I look outside, and the wind is doing like 25, 30 miles an hour, and all the leaves started blowing, and my yard just looked like it was untouched. I was so pissed off. Really. That really pissed me off. So, I don't know, man. It's time to do the winter maintenance so that the bike doesn't sit in storage. 
don't forget to change those fluids, man. You don't want that same oil sitting in your bike, building up that acidity. Get all that carbon out the engine oil. Put some fresh fluids in there. Fill up that gas tank. Pull up, Put the fuel stabilizer in. Clean it up real good. Try to polish it if you can. Put that cover on. Put the, put the battery on the battery tender. Fill up those tires nice and hard. At least to the right... Uh, to the right, uh, what do you call that, uh, pressure. Anyway, they say you should over-pressurize them by about five pounds just to avoid flat spots, but I've never known anybody who's had flat spots on their bike. I've only seen flat spots on a motorcycle when the tires weren't inflated properly and they were almost flat. And then you got a flat spot on it, so when you did fill it up, pressurize it, it wound up getting a, a you know, like a, like a kind of a ripple in the tire. A flat spot, I don't know. Maybe I'm not uh, educated enough to know what the flat spot is, but never seen one. They say, take a piece of rug, put it under the tires. If I leave my bike outside, probably saying, what to put it in your garage, dummy? I don't have a garage, unfortunately. I got one of those shed in the boxes. So that's uh, unfortunately where how I have to keep the bike. So, unfortunately, my bike has to sit outdoors, but it's in the cold, but it's in the cover. I have a bike cover over it, and it's in a little shelter, 12 by 12 shelter, but I got to see what I can do about getting that sucker in a garage. Build a garage or get a nice big shed. So, that's all I got for the Cycle Shack this week. Hopefully, I'll have a little bit more next week and maybe a guest. If you're going to ride out there, man, be careful. Those tires are going to get real hard on you real fast, and you might, unfortunately, not keep the two wheels on the ground. Why don't we get this sucker off on the right foot? Keep them two wheels down if you're going to ride, man. The Cycle Shack Podcast at gmail.com. Check me out on Facebook at The Cycle Shack Podcast. I appreciate you. Uh, bleh, bleh, look, look at the tongue twister. I appreciate you guys listening, man. Thank you very much. We'll catch you later on this week with a little bit more. Talk to you soon.